the only podcast with nine alternate endings. You're now listening to the exclamation mark. Exclamation Mark Podcast. My name is Crofton Steers. I am the Bernie Sanders of this podcast, if you will. And with me, as always, every episode, Bo Schwartz, my Donald Trump. Donald? Hello. How are you guys doing today? I'm going to tell you something. I'm smart, and you're not. And I got a lot of money, and you don't. And I got a lot of money because I made the art of deal. I know the art of the deal. I can't do... I'm doing a terrible Trump. Like, that's like, got to be the the worst Donald, Trump. Donald, are you rich? You're the I'm, 1%. Donald? I don't know anything about 1%. I'm just huge. People like me. I'm huge. I love the Latinos. <laughs> <laughs> and the Latinos, they love me. <laughs> they love Trump. Oh, Trump. Such a... It'll uh, be... You know... It'll be interesting to see if he ever you know gets into office or if he even wins that 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 running because it's going to be an that, entertaining look, couple of months i think that not only will he not win i think that it it's fun to project what's going to happen after because he will have built himself into an even bigger star than he was previously huge if you will uh star and so he's going to find ways to then uh, capitalize on that. Just look at Sarah Palin and how she became this crazy like reality show. Now Trump was from reality shows, but Sarah Palin start got her own shows. What if Trump got his own video games? Like this is what I'm thinking. Like oh, the, way to tie it Trump, into our theme of our the, podcast. Do, Donald Trump themed video games. Like uh, you know, you could you could have one. It could be like a wall building game. You know, like maybe Tetris. Is that It'd be like a, a Tetris ripoff, except the background would be Mexico, and and then and you put the you put the blocks down to build the wall between the U.S. and Mexico. Um, so, except the lines wouldn't disappear, though. So I'd like to, because uh, you know I have the power of Google in front of me, and I know it's kind of not fair, but I did Google Donald Trump video game and came up with the Wikipedia page. For Donald Trump's real estate tycoon. <laughs> what Makes a great sense. franchise to be a part of. I'm pretty sure he knows absolutely nothing about what's happening in this game other than, yeah, I slapped my name on it. Uh, it's going to be huge. Except it wasn't huge, I don't think. But I'm telling you, like he could have a huge market afterwards. Anything related to his presidential run, he could have one where like, it's like... Uh, you know, it be one of those sim games like Civilization or Sim City, except like you have to like find immigrants and get them deported. <laughs> That'd be sweet. Wow, that sounds horrible. <laughs> okay, yeah. well, um, you know, uh, it's it's the news du jour, Bo. Even even us Canadians, we we can uh, we can acknowledge that Trump dominates the media. Sure. So. Well, he doesn't dominate video games yet, and I don't think he ever will. Hopefully not. Unless he- let's talk about though, Bo. Let's talk about what is dominating video games, uh, and and by that I mean what's in the news this week in a segment that Bo and I collectively together like to call Readme.txt. 
readme.txt. And the sick, sick sounds of a 2400 baud modem dialing up to the the um, uh, information superhighway. Welcome. It's, I, I'm, it's funny how like that sound at one point is going to become lost in time, you know? Nobody's going to It may be we, lost in time now. There it's may be, not. It's totally not. There's it's young still folk there. joining us on, on Twitch, and they happen to come in at this time. They're like, well, what is that sound? There yeah, has to maybe. Be. I think there's a bunch of people that still know, though. Like, once once we're, our generation is past, it'll be like, it'll be It's not thanks lost to computers. Forever. It's thanks to Hollywood and using that sound to connect to the internet in countless films. I remember connecting to BBSs through that sound. Yeah, I had a really shitty online persona. It was very bad. I was young, though. Mistakes were made. Um, so, <laughs> uh, what do we have? What do we want to talk about today, this week? I know what I want to talk about first of all, because I'm a nut for this game. Overwatch release date confirmed for May 24th, about two months and a half away. If you pre-order, you'll get beta access. Oh, really? Ahead of the open beta, with for on May 3rd and 4th. So two whole days of early access. For you and a friend. Um, so thirty nine ninety nine American, you buy the game, you get the two-day early open beta access, and then there's going to be an all-access period from May 5 to 9. Noticeably quite short That's of an open beta. Yeah, It's not long. I, I guess the idea is with these, and I saw that with Star Wars Battlefront 2, um, I guess they just don't want you to burn out. Like They don't want you to be like, have had your fill of the game before you even shell out money. It's true. It's it's this weird like world we live in where like beta is a thing that all big titles now are sort of ex- you know you kind of, like I'm hearing a lot of games like Division like all kinds of games have these betas now, and so it feels like they're doing it because it's what people want. And I guess there's a hype associated with it too. Like you Maybe, play a little bit. It, the, when I played got into the Battlefront beta, I was it tempered my excitement for that game. Afterwards, I was like, well. I'm not really into it. Whereas I might have bought it previously on an impulse after seeing the movie. You know, I had played enough of it where I was like, yeah, I don't think so. It's a real I'll risk, be- but I think in Blizzard's case, they've got a pretty big hit on their hands. So, you know, for them, it's okay, but it can be a roll of the dice depending, depending on the game, you know? And uh, so, but we will um, have to talk more about this overwatch game, perhaps later in the program. Sure. Uh, Cause I will, I've been playing it. Um, lucky surprise <laughs> lucky palmer fires shots at apple i like this lucky palmer guy he's such an awkward goofball um so reporters asked him hey lucky will oculus ever come to mac and palmer says why that is up to apple and if they ever release a good computer we will do it uh he goes on to say that even a high-end six thousand dollar computer can't meet the recommended specs so the shots fired aspect is if they ever release a good computer <laughs> which I think he sort of spoke at a turn, but I also think he meant it. Like, just well, like yeah, all of us, it's like they're shit computers for gaming, like, clearly. But he's a CEO, right? So, yeah. It's funny because in, on one hand, they are shit for gaming. Like, if, if you're a gamer, you're probably not going to go with a Mac computer. On the other hand, it's funny because, like, like, if you go on CNET or any of the review sites and you do, like, top laptops or top anything, often the Apple version is at the top or near the top because for what they're trying to do, they tend to build super high-quality computers. So it is funny to hear them say shit or, like, that they're not they're not making a good computer. The, the thing I'm curious about, Bowen, or I don't get, is the $6,000 thing. So is he saying, like, that's 
what like for a PC, if I wanted to meet the recommended Oculus re- specs, that I would need a six thousand dollar PC. Well, I mean, it's just that the the high price point computers are the ones that have the NVIDIA cards in them and things like that, but they still apparently don't meet what Oculus needs. There was another little quote, too, from the Daisy guy, Dean Hall, who was saying, like, VR, it's important to have a consistent frame rate because if you get frame rate drops and performance hits, it can be disorienting. You know, it can be hurt, like... um you know vomit styles and that kind of thing and that does happen when i'm moving around on my oculus and all of a sudden there's a stop in like let's say the game freezes and it's just a static image it's actually like it creates an imbalance like you're disoriented for a good second or two and um i hand i have a pretty good stomach so i handle that okay but i could see people just it just making them sick yeah and, uh, definitely yeah. i know what lag is and and to have that in an Oculus setting, a VR setting, that would drive me, that would drive me nuts. But the thing is, is he like that 6,000. And the reason I come back to it is like, I I think you talk to most people, they will tell you they can build a PC, a really powerful gaming PC for like two, $3,000, 6,000. Do you think he was taking a playful shot at Apple's overpricedness? Like, like for Apple to create a PC that would be that good, they'd have to charge $6,000 for it? Or is he legitimately saying if you want recommended specs on the Oculus, you need to fork out six k? Uh No, they don't support PC. I think the Oculus is not a Mac platform device. So, because he's being asked, like, is, is it, will it come to Mac? Or will you develop firmware, I suppose, or, or whatever the... Whatever you call the 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 app and your system tray, the drivers will they be developed for the Mac platform? Because they have to be developed specifically for that, and they won't. So maybe somebody will come along and and do do drivers like a third party, open source kind of deal, but uh, officially they won't. Just because it's not worth it for like, how what percentage of the app Mac buyers have six thousand dollar computers? Probably not a very big percentage. Yeah. yeah. So not worth it for them to do. Uh, sad news, I think. Um, Fable Legends canceled. Well, I kind of didn't care. And maybe that's why it got canceled. I just as one user, I was like, eh, eh. But it seemed like it looked good. And also, Lionhead Studios closes. So this is the studio that brought the classic Fable and Fable 2 to, you know, Xbox and to PCs. They did, yeah, they did PC games before that. That was the Peter Molyneux stable stable like uh with black and white i think they did this game called the movies um i remember i remember trying to get kids to play this when i ran a day camp long long time ago to make movies but um but yeah they 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 made they made a lot of stuff but it feels like that fable legends was at least pretty close to being done i think it was even in beta yeah Um, i saw something about we've made it we propagate an update to the current beta somewhere on twitter or something like that so it was well enough along and i think the fable team didn't know that this was coming i think this was a shock to the people working there it just it just seems like why if you have invested all this money in this thing and like it, it doesn't even have to be great like there's a lot of mediocre games a lot of which that make money why would you just not release that game like release that if you're in beta, release the game. See what if it makes money. If you're planning on closing the studio anyway, what does it matter? Like, I mean, 
if it makes if it if it gets four out of ten on Metacritic, who cares? Like it's not damaging your brand. If anything, that would allow you to close the studio easier. You could be like, well, look, you know, they spend a lot of our time and money making this shitty game, so we're gonna we're gonna close the studio. Instead, they're preemptively closing. It feels kind of like feels kind of douchey and honestly i saw their message and it was very nice uh and they said they're going to help lion head employees find a job but it makes me sad because i played fable one and two in particular and i really i really liked them uh it's super british in its tone and temperament and flavor and uh, i really appreciated that so i'm i'm sad to see like they're they might get other jobs in other companies but we're losing sort of a flavor of video games yeah, I think they had a unique, you know, space. I think people admired them a lot, even if you didn't really play their games. I loved the first Fables, especially. They were quite good, and I don't kind of know what happened. Fable 3, it seemed like it had a lot of production value, but it kind of sucked at the same time. Like it was Did hard it? To put... I own it, but I haven't played it, actually. It's hard it's to so put my good. finger on, like, what it is. It's they're very amb- it's a very ambitious game, but... The the thing is that like it felt janky, like the mechanics feel janky, and the things you do kind of don't feel like satisfying gameplay elements, you know. And um, so maybe I felt like maybe that's indicative of sort of their internal culture about the games that they produce, because I think you know people aren't you know the the fan base for Fable is, is not huge. It's not palpable considering other game IPs that are out there, and it might have led to why that they're closing down is they're just not able to capture that. And I think, I think there's a real gap in their gameplay, um, you know, in making engaging gameplay, even though they have great production values and great script writing, like all the other stuff they, they hit high marks on, but uh, the gameplay just wasn't there. And, I and they did, a, they did a remake recently of fable one. I'm not sure if that was lion head or it was a third party studio or whatever, but like, they probably Microsoft probably had sales numbers associated to that, and we're like, okay, man, maybe the appetite for more Fable isn't as high as we, as we thought it was. So when when the original Fable came out, it came out for the original Xbox, at a time when the original Xbox was not the shit, if you will. Like PlayStation Two was killing it. GameCube had a cult audience. Halo 1 had come out. I'm not sure if Halo 2 was out. By the time Xbox, the original Xbox died, they had a niche audience. But they didn't have one at the time of the original Fable's release. So I want to say that probably there's not as many people that played the original Fable when it came out as there was that played, say, PlayStation 2 games. And so because of that, that's probably harmed its lifespan uh, in the... Where where we're at, uh, where we find ourselves now, where there's probably like people like you and I who had original Xboxes, think back fondly to it, are like, oh yeah, we like Fable, we'd play another Fable, but there's probably a ton of people that are like, oh, I don't know about this, you know. So yeah, it also went weird directions too when it brought like weird guns and I I, I don't know, I kind of like the more core fantasy of Fable One over the direction it went, which is like this modernization take. With the other one. But anyway, sad to see them go regardless. Uh, not that sad because I'm, I'm like, I wasn't looking forward to anything from them. But they are a notable company and it is a notable game. You have to give Fable 1 and 2 credit. And it's not, it's not a bland studio either. It was a studio with an identity. Like, whereas there's some studios out there like... Often, you know, the, the, the name of the company plus a city name, like... 
Not no, no offense, Sony Santa Monica or Two K Sydney or whatever, but like these these are um they have le- they, they live less in my mind than something like Lionhead, which is a a good name for a, a British company that Fable Two in particular left a a, a a big impression with me. But as I said, I I own Fable Three and I never started it up, so it couldn't have been you know. I get what, I, I, get what I couldn't saying. care that much. Yeah, I get what you're saying about the identity of a of, of a certain brands, especially when they're boutique like or they have very specific notes that they hit. Um, all right. Well, No Man's Sky has a price and a release date. We've been talking about this game a lot over the past year. Um, the price is $60 US, which is kind of insane. The release date's June 21. Well, like, you know, it's been forever that this game's supposed to be coming out, so what's a couple more months? Uh, but uh, 60 I was I was expecting this to be an indie game, i.e. not $60, but like 20 30 Well, they... They it's... have a middle price range now because I looked at it in Steam in Canada because in Canada, games have reached crazy prices because of the dollar and stuff. Yeah. So like a game that's normally, I guess, 60 bucks in the States, is normal, it's like 80 bucks. Like if you look at an Assassin's Creed or whatever, it's like seventy nine ninety nine or something crazy now is what they're at. So six, but I looked at No Man's Sky and it was not that expensive. Like it was like 65 bucks Canadian or something. It's 49 Canadian yeah, so so I mean, it's it's kind of in even though that's as much as we used to pay for games, it's not at the top end of the price spectrum. Um, right. So it it it's aiming a little lower, but I think they probably think that they've got so much good publicity, so much hype surrounding that game. So like, might as well might as well charge this much. They they'll probably drop the price at one point, but they probably feel that there's a lot of early adopters that will pay a high price and that development costs were probably quite expensive as well. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see. But I'm, I'm, um, I'm excited for that game, but it's a game that I'm going to want to see the reviews for. There's a few games that I buy blind, very few, but like No Man's Sky is definitely one. I'm going to just wait to see what the reviews are. And if the reviews are sterling, I might buy that really early, like, and I may pay the $60. But if they're like seven out of 10, whatever reviews, I might just wait until it gets cheap. So Mm. I'm not, I'm not like chomping at the bit for it. I guess, I guess it's okay. In the wake of like, it being an like this felt like a game you download over like PSN or whatever. Like, I just, think it is. It, it just oh yeah. So, but at that price point, it should be a box copy that you get. Like, this is just a downloadable game on on consoles. Like, that seems like out of whack to spend seventy dollars on a downloadable only game that doesn't have a box version of it. I suppose. But like you do, we do that all the time on Steam. Like, I mean, consoles are getting to that space. I think that's going to have a boxed version now, and I think it's. I think it has kind of like um, sort of moved from where it was originally planned to be. I think development costs probably skyrocketed. But I think most of all, they got a sense of the anticipation and attention. Like Stephen Colbert had them on. Like there's there's been a lot of – a lot of people have lo- put their imagination into the possibilities of this game. And I think that they know they've got a hit high, so they probably ramped up even more development. And so in the end, they're, you know, trying to trying to – uh, make back make mm. back costs and stuff. I think that they they probably have done market research to get a sense of what the early adopters, what a good price point is for early adopters. I tell you, I bet you, unless it's like a total cult game or a game that 
just uh, get such high reviews that they're able to keep the price high. I, I bet you by December you're able to get it for twenty bucks. Yeah, well, let's hope so because, like, on principle, I, I don't want to pay this amount. Like, uh, I'm getting Overwatch for forty bucks. How is this more money? Like, it seems like it's a smaller team. I mean, that's not to say there isn't a lot of hard work poured into this, but it just sort of seems insane. Now, mind you. Their scale, you know, you can charge lower when you're a company with scale, and this is like an unproven product. Yeah, but, it's like, all different mindsets, though, because yeah. you're you're you made the Overwatch comparison. In, no Man's Sky has gotten infinitely more publicity than Overwatch, so by all intents and purposes, I would expect it to be a more expensive game. But, but, I, would, but I, under, I understand what you're saying. You're saying it looks like a smaller studio. You already know what the value proposition is of Overwatch. We still don't know with No Man's Sky, but it was originally pitched as kind of a downloadable game. So, but but yeah. we'll you know I want to support game development of this innovative nature. So I'm, I'm willing to shell out if the reviews are good. But if it turns out to be a you know a mediocre game, then I'll only buy it cheap if at all. It's strange. It's because it looks like it has more, but it sounds like it has less. Like a procedurally random generated universe for 80 bucks or 65 bucks versus you know elite dangerous for 80 with an actual just universe not procedurally generated but a gigantic universe and same with like well star citizen people are paying a lot more for it but like just feels like in the space exploration genre this seems like it's big but only because they procedurally generated it which means they have a you know they haven't they didn't painstakingly develop everything for it they a computer randomly generated it, it based on a bunch of parameters but i don't know yeah i agree with you we'll wait and see although for me this seems like a, a sale game now <laughs> personally like just because of that price it's um, huge bo it's huge it's huge uh mass effect andromeda pushed to 2017 no surprise there take all the time you need to make a good mass effect game i like mass effect uh no reason really given but i'm just sure the studio's probably busy so i just uh, assume now with these games that they're gonna get bumped like honestly especially when something is announced for the fourth quarter of a year or something around christmas i'm like there's no chance you're gonna hit it it's always gonna get moved to the um to the following year and then now you're seeing a bunch of games in the spring or even around this time that are like that are bumped say what you will about ubisoft but they will always hit their date they will (laughs) they will always hit their date like far cry primal they they announced it fairly late in the game they said when it was coming out it came out you know mass effect andromeda it's like they they never i don't they've never set a date they just said like probably late 2016 so it's not really a big deal that it's coming out in 2017 but it's sort of what i expect now but it allows Uh, those those companies to bring things to market to trade shows well you know like because they can't be like oh we're gonna have this game it's gonna be in five years but if they're like oh it's gonna be in two years no wait another year and then maybe mass effect andromeda how long have they been announcing like Like, watchdogs did that right what Watchdogs did that. I know, and it killed them. Like, don't don't announce it so far in advance because we still know nothing really about Mass Effect Andromeda. There's been a couple of teasers. That's it. Like, we really know nothing about about gameplay and all that. And maybe that's their stratagem. They're they're like they're going with they're going with announce the game early, but don't show anything for a really long time. Just let people know that it's coming. And then, like, because Fallout Four is 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 the example of of 
announced right before E3, mm-hmm. come out November of that year, sell bazillion copies, you know? like, And I feel like that's that's what I want to see now. I, I don't want to be like waiting su- super long time for the games that I see at E3 in a given year. Yeah, I think uh, I think I hate waiting too. I hate getting all this hype built up only for things to get pushed back. So, so speaking of waiting, like Uncharted Four just got re-delayed. Uh, this is the third delay. Um, this time, and, and the thing about Uncharted though, in the delays, is they're more they're more annoying because you know where it says Mass Effect Andromeda pushed to 2017 uncharted has like firm dates like they're like no we are coming out this day and then so then it's a literal delay it's like oh sorry this is the new date they haven't opened up pre-orders have they they i i don't know i i would assume so yes i think you can pre-order uncharted 4 Hmm. um so um and i think that was like there was a beta recently and i think that pre-ordering helped get in although i could be mistaken the thing though is uncharted 4 is like um pro- probably is sony's most anticipated game of the year like uh it's going to be a it's going to be a a huge release uh but and, and their reasoning they're given for these two extra weeks is they were just saying like look we think it's going to sell a bajillion copies so to ensure everybody gets one on day one we're delaying it two weeks to manufacture more and uh that's like that's that that's fair like it's it's still a primarily disc based game like people are going to go out and buy the disc for that more but but I feel like in the digital age where people can buy from the PlayStation store and stuff don't do that like just sell out and tell people buy it online or or wait for a resupply you know like I I find it I find it kind of annoying like the game will be done essentially two weeks before it comes out or earlier and they're just not going to release it because they want to print more copies you know i i find that annoying yeah it's not it's not like one of those it's got to be perfect you know like mass effect could be they're going to develop more on it here they're not developing more it's just another delay to print more copies i just it's weird yeah that is kind of annoying Uh, and yeah you can pre-order it incidentally so but they the bundles expect to be available in fifty days on twenty six four twenty six. Hmm. I, I gotta know, tell like... my mom; she's <laughs> supposed to buy it for me. Oh yeah, you have a promised copy. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Thanks, mom. <laughs> that um, one will be worth it. It's irritating when when you pre order something that is you know not worth. I the never pre order. The only reason I'm pre ordering uh, Uncharted is because of the immense amount of trust that Naughty Dog has 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 garnered with me, and also the fact that uh, that my mom's is buying it for me. <laughs> so it's her money. So who cares? Like if it, yeah, yeah. If there's any problems, it's like no no loss for you. Right. All right. Well, so. The other the other game uh, that's just come out recently, it's got a lot of attention, is Far Cry Primal. Yeah. And uh, I mentioned it earlier, and um, I played Far Cry 3 and Far Cry 4, so I was kind of like, I'm kind of Far Cried out. It's only been a year <laughs> and a half since the last one. Right. But um, I thought that this was cool in what it was trying to do. They developed like their own language. The whole game is in this different old like crow magnon type language it's all you're playing as a caveman um and there's really not that many games where you play as a caveman uh, or you play in olden times 
I remember playing this game on PC when I was a kid called Joe and Mac Caveman Ninjas. <laughs> what? It was awesome. sweet, dude. You should check it out. It was Caveman really fun. Ninjas. It had sick VGA graphics at the time. Wow. Um, they threw for a like, remake. It was by like Data East or something. It was like one of these arcade type games. Anyway, it was pretty awesome. Uh, but I can't think of a recent game that's set. Like, there's games like what's that one on Steam that's in early access where you ride dinosaurs or some shit? Like, oh, um, Ark. Yeah, but that's like a science fiction. It's not set. It's not like a. It's not a set in caveman times or whatever. Uh, so I really like what they did here. However, are you playing it? No. I'm not going to play oh, it. Okay. And I'll tell you why I'm not going to play it. Two reasons. One, I'm far cried out to, for the moment. Yeah. And two, it, it's like I, I've lamented this before and I I partially respect it. But like, you know how I say there's, 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 um, there's new sequels and then there's quick and dirty sequels? I'm sure I've said that to you, maybe not on the show before. The quick and dirty sequels are generally the ones that are that are pumped out. A year later, using the same assets as yeah, the Far previous Cry 4 one. Yeah, because Far Cry was pretty recent, right? Yeah, it was a year and a half. And it's, and it's, it's kind of in in terms of the news or what you hear, it's kind of in who care who caresville at this point in a way. Well, well, see what what's happened here is that this guy on Reddit released this. Um, he took a screenshot of the map of Far Cry 4 and he contrasted it with the map of Far Cry Primal, and it became clear that it was the same map except that it was like it had been like tweet tinkered with you know there and and there's different things that have been added but it's the same like base layer of the map and I, and and people were like crying foul right off being like oh lazy bastards no 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 and but at this and at the same point I'm part of me wants to see that but another part of me is kind of like well you know they've they've it's a whole they've created a whole new language a whole new gameplay mechanics they've done all this crazy shit um, they've done a lot for your sequel money. And back in the day, like on PC, there were quick and dirty sequels all the time, like Ultima Underworld, Ultima Underworld 2. Like that stuff, the Doom, Doom 2, like that, that's what they they were quick and dirty sequels using the assets of the previous game. People are really spoiled right now. But at the same time, it does temper my excitement. So I look at it and I'm like, oh, okay. I already feel like I've played too much Far Cry. Now they're telling me like, oh, this is Far Cry slightly tweaked. Yeah. Except in old I, man times. I think. Makes, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Finish. No, it makes it just affects my enthusiasm. Because I think because you bring up the games you bring up like back in the day, like they use the same assets. These games have like an incredible amount of assets and they are quick and dirty, but they also designed to demand a bunch of your time mostly like with the online mode and stuff like if far cry 3 because i started far cry 3 and i'm like i just can't do this this is like a skyrim level of investment it felt like you know yeah it is t- skyrim with guns and, I, and i'm just i just wasn't in the mood for it and i just never came back to it i didn't buy blood dragon um so assuming i wanted that like You'd have to play a lot of that game and then look forward to 4, which came out, I guess, two years later, if you don't count the Blood Dragon came out in 2013. So I guess There's a lot. Re- There's been a lot of Far Cry, for sure, since yeah, Ubisoft reinvented it with Far Cry 3. It's kind of like Every- they have a release once a year, except this was a bit late. Like, they didn't have a release, a Far Cry release in 2015, but... No. Um, I don't know. They, did, like, they also had a year break game. between between uh, 3 and 4, but 4 is remarkably similar to 3. 
Uh, and uh, I got it was one of my when I got the PlayStation Four. It was one of the games I got with it, and I I put in a lot of time. You may remember Jeff and I on an early episode of EXM yeah. were talking about the virtues of Far Cry Four because honestly, it is a lot of fun. But there's a lot of me too fetch questing and a lot of extra extra content just for the sake of content. And at the end, I was like, okay, I, I'm done with this. And not only am I done with it, I I don't feel like playing another experience like it anytime soon. This is going to be foreshadowing the game that I'm playing right now, incidentally, uh, which I will mention later. But um, yeah, so yeah. Far Cry Far Cry Primal is again like something that I'll look at on sale, but I feel like it's something I may never play. And if you are playing it and you love it and you think it's better than all the other Far Cries or you think that even somebody who's really invested a bunch of time in Far Cries would be interested in playing this, like send us an email, let let me know, uh, hit me up on Twitter. I would like to hear from you, but for me it looks it looks like being there done that, got the postcard. Yeah. Make Crisis Three already, goddammit. There is a Crisis Three. Is there? Yeah. Oh, I mean Crisis Four. Sorry, I played three. Make Crisis Four. Um, the last thing I was going to mention is the HTC Vive was announced, which is the Oculus Rift's. Uh, sorry, pricing was announced, which is the Oculus Rift's main competitor, and uh, uh, in the PC space anyway, and it was announced like at eight hundred bucks American. Which, uh, if you're keeping score at home, is uh, more expensive than the already expensive Oculus Rift. The deal is that it comes with – it does come with like um, some sort of touch input device, like something for your hands mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to having to buy – like Oculus Touch is going to be coming later this year and prices have yet to be announced. Uh, so that is – you know who knows what the value proposition of that's going to be. Um, I'm really curious to figure out because I'm going to be buying one of these things. Um, I, and I'm, I'm really curious to figure out like what, if there's going to be a quality difference, if like a game that's designed for say Oculus Rift will, will play just as well in the same manner with the HTC Vive, or will it be like trying to stick a, a Genesis game into a Super Nintendo, you know, like say Lucky's Tale, is is a is a bundled game that's coming out with the Oculus Rift plays even on the name of Palmer Lucky, uh, Lucky Palmer, whatever his name is. Uh, if I got the HTC Vive, Vive, and I downloaded Lucky's Tale or whatever, could I play it? Would it work with that? You know, I'm I'm unclear on this sort of stuff, and and uh, I hope it's not like because it's not going to become like a console race where certain games only work with one of the techs you know i think i think your instinct is right and i encourage you to like keep thinking that because i know from experience games that are developed for even different versions of the oculus as sdk tend to break and i think oculus is trying to come up with something uniform like you know drivers so it's entirely feasible that something a program that's really popular if it's not optimized for vive then it wouldn't run the biggest thing for me, I couldn't believe that they're going to charge twelve hundred bucks for this. I mean, I know it's going to be more it's eight, expensive. It's eight hundred bucks. Uh, the, on on the store, on the Steam store, if you go to Vive, it's one thousand one hundred forty nine. Is that a Canadian? Yep, that's the Canadian no, price. Because they, they announced it this week, and it was it, it was. I'm pretty sure it's eight. eight I think that's eight hundred bucks is the number going around. 
Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's high, but like the Oculus is high too, right? Like, I mean, what once you're into that, uh, once you're into that, um, I guess price for, range for me, it it's that it hit the thousand. Like, it's not that like it's a, a lot of my dollars. It is, but it's a lot. It's a lot. Like, you want to put this thing in as many people's hands. Yeah, seven hundred ninety nine American dollars, and uh, it's it. it uh, oh yeah, it says will cost a thousand one hundred. Forty nine in Canada, yeah. I definitely. I there's a big difference between eight hundred bucks and a thousand one hundred and fifty dollars. Like even the, though I understand the Canadian uh, yeah, price, there's something about that number that is just a complete like. I have over one of those things. Like, even if it's a slicked up version of it, it doesn't look like it should like. Consider, I know that it's a loss leader for to buy an Xbox or PlayStation at that price. But that's the market we live in. Like to me, it makes my brain do somersaults to buy a peripheral for over a thousand. This is the whole reason, the whole promise of the Oculus thing in the first place was to put affordable VR in homes, and they're already kind of skirting that line. Oculus is. I guess it's going to cost that much for us to get the other one. Like to me, this is kind of a big. This yeah. is going to be a big hurdle to co- overcome in, in the years to come about getting it into people's hands and making it available. We live in a world where cell phones can be procured for free or for a couple hundred bucks, even with a contract. But there's a plan to get it in people's hands from a business standpoint. This isn't a way to get it into people's hands except the most hardest core of the core. Well, that could that could be um, like that could be the case because where the where they know that that they're getting these early adopters cuz think about like stuff like blu-ray players right when they, they you can get them super cheap now but when they first came out it was like a crazy expensive and and so maybe there is like this window where they where they're trying to trying to get the most out of the early adopters to back up some of their costs and then the price will drop astronomically almost like glorified beta testers that are willing to pay the mad bank you know Man. so uh it's, it's 5.99 for the Oculus which translates into 797 Canadian. Um, yeah, it, the the tra- the Vive doesn't even translate properly. Like they're overcharging on top of the exchange rate for Canada. So like it's not uh so it's, it's like, it yeah, it's even more expensive than the American version and with the conversion rate taken into account. Apologies to any American listeners, but we're Canadian so man this conversion rate shit is driving us nuts. Yeah, it's we, bad. We need Donald Trump to make Canada great again. I will say that the, the the Rift looks like a more quality product just based on the the pictures I've seen. Although I would could be, be I would be wrong. surprised if it's higher quality than the I don't the mean vi- quality of of design. I mean uh, quality of like components and stuff like i'm sure they're both going to provide a quality product but i look at the way that the headset design the way it sits on your head for the vive and the vive looks like it'd be more stable i don't know everything looks sleeker but that's all marketing so it doesn't really marketing yeah well bo speaking of marketing let's market ourselves by talking about the games that we're playing and uh we'll do that in a segment that we have devised for that very purpose it is called games per minute This is Games Per Minute. How do you feel about cutting his head off? This is Games Per Minute. I'm Crofton. This is Bo. Bo, what are you playing? Uh, same old, same old. Been playing uh, Heroes of the Storm. New 
character got released, Zul, and I finally catching up with Li Ming. I haven't been playing as much Heroes because I've been distracted with Overwatch. Um, pretty much mostly been playing Overwatch, just getting back last week to starting to play Heroes again. It's um, funny how you're like, same old, same old, but really, like, you've probably played a ton of Overwatch since we last talked, yes. but really, we've only talked about it maybe once on this show previously. I'm, I'm level maybe 80 now player level holy shit in in the beta it's all gonna get wiped for sure yeah Um, but the nice thing is when you level up you get a loot crate and starting at a certain level between 20 and 30 it doesn't take more xp to level it's always twenty two thousand experience you get between 1000 to 3500 xp per match so it actually goes pretty quick um but yeah it's uh getting those loot crates man it's sweet that's the one thing we haven't talked about with Overwatch, or maybe we did, but the loot crates. Like they're going to charge for the loot crates. Um, but it, but the loot crates are like. So what what are they? Are they design stuff? So for they're you, like Har- they- they're like Hearthstone packs. So what you unlock in the loot crates, which you get for free by leveling up, and you can level up infinitely. So there's never a point you stop. Um, you get skins. Okay. Like you can get voice emotes. Okay. Um, uh, Voice emotes for your character. You can get actual emotes where your guy does like a, a thing, a dance. You get poses at the end of the match. The winning team all does a pose, so you can modify your pose. Um, also, when you get play of the game, you can get an, a highlight intro. So, like when I play McCree, at first he'd just stand there and chew, you know, chew on some straw and look at the screen. Yeah. But then I got this badass one where it's his back to the camera and a tumbleweed blows by, and he's got his hand out to his side like he's ready to draw. And then he pulls around and draws, and the camera zooms in on his face. He's all like, Urgh. he's all like tough looking, and it says, "Play the game, Gorath as McCree." It's oh, um, that's a, that's good. Uh, honestly, that sounds like all um, all good stuff because it's all flavor stuff. It's it it it's nothing that's going to affect how the game plays, right? Zero impact on game. It's all just cosmetic stuff. But there's a lot. But of it's it. it's interesting cosmetic stuff. Yeah, it has like. Um, some of them are really cool looking. Like there's a lot of extra passion put into some of these crazy skins that they have. But um, mostly, I like the highlight reels. When I get play of the game, I like, you know, I like rubbing it in everybody's face. <laughs> what better way to rub it in their face to also have the highlight? Like a uh, Farah who shoots rockets. She just she she goes rocket barrage and she shoots like a thousand rockets and it looks all badass. You know. Question: How often, percentage-wise, do you get play of the game? I feel like you play a lot. Uh, I get. It. There's actually stats to tell you how many times. I don't get it every game, but I get it often. Yeah. Especially when I play McCree. McCree is my man. So if I'm good with one character or simpatico with one character, it's McCree. He's got a six shooter called the Peacemaker. Yeah. And um, it never. It's always accurate. So like you know how we play shooter games. Like yeah. Like Planet Side is hard to sh- shoot the sniper scope because there's sway. Yeah. When you play the sniper in this game, there's no sway. You're you're Widowmaker. You're amazing. You don't have to fight these things. There are other mechanics to to combat it being OP, but there's never a sense of swaying. So with the with this six shooter, you can actually shoot people from far away, and it's really accurate. But you only get six shots. And then with your what right, happens when you run out of six shots? You reload, you just, but you do you f- spin the gun, and as yeah. you spin the gun, all the bullets um, fly out, and yeah. then you're you, in your hand, you're holding like six bullets, and you just pop them all in at the same time and close the thing and go and roll the thing. There's okay. Remember we've talked about Planet Side and how what, your criticism of two 
was that in one you, they showed you animations of you getting into vehicles and there's a lot of nice touches it's just more immersive right right there is a ton of love poured onto like all the anim like you're not just reloading a gun as any character there is like there's like a lot of deliberate thought into how the reload hat like all the artistic and things you're seeing and visual things that lead up that bleed into the fantasy like it's crazy that, it's real good that's because um, what they're doing is they're working off the MOBA mentality of selling you these heroes. Like they're selling you the idea you want – for each one you buy, then you there's more costumes to buy. There's more all, – all sorts of stuff. It's yeah. like the uh, Star Citizen and the ships. Like all the interior is designed yeah. to, to differentiate yeah. them and to show all the TLC and all the different things that you can do. So I, I think that's why they have all that there because – But, they, but it's, um, remember, it's a box price and that's it though you don't buy any heroes yet it's, it's 40 it's 40 bucks and you buy it and they have no they no plans for it it could be but they're gonna um, have if they don't sell individual heroes they will sell expansion packs and yeah, and, and they're they're totally the the flair of the loading and all that sort of stuff that's sort of like Again, it could be something eventually they buy like new ways of reloading, you know, or whatever, like oh, as a awesome. as a cosmetic awesome. animation, right? <laughs> Here, yeah, Mo's like, I buy them all. Oh my god! <laughs> I would like Genji is a robot ninja, right? And he throws shuriken. Sure. He, he throws. He's a cyber ninja. He throws shurikens. But what's great, like he holds them in his three finger, like in his fingers between his fingers, the three of them. So his clip, he has always three, and he throws three at once, or he shoots one, two, three. What's awesome is that your reload is that your sleeve opens up because you're a robot and then some animation happens inside of his arm and then the shurikens like get fed back to your fingers. Like it, it's so That's slick, cool. dude. I can't wait for you to play this game. You're going to really, I find something to really like about this, even though you're not a big Blizzard guy. Um, the characters are real cool. I talked about Rocket League and how I enjoyed Rocket League and it was the first multiplayer game that got me in with that sort of fun quotient, you know? Mm-hmm. And... um and I didn't feel like I was getting outclassed all the time and I didn't. So I, I ended up really enjoying it and I, I really enjoyed how it would fit in with my lifestyle and go back and I'd go back to it. And I like Hearthstone, but like I just at a certain point I was like, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of done with this game. And so I, I feel like Overwatch will be something that I, I will look forward to uh, to giving a, giving it a try to anyway. Um, the fun thing about Overwatch is also it's very drop-in and drop-out friendly like Hearthstone. So if you want to play Overwatch, you log in. You can play a few games. You can join up with friends currently playing. Cause matches, you can drop out mid-match? Um, well, you can, but then it disbands your party. But what, Let's say f- I have three, four people in a party and you want to join. You right-click my name, click join game. You'll spectate, but matches only last between, you know, two to eight minutes tops. And, you know, I'll invite you to the party and then you're in for the next match. So you don't end up waiting a long time to get into your matches. And that's kind of nice. You know, so, Compared to like MOBAs where, where matches are like 30 or 40 minutes, it can take a while to get into. Yeah. The pace is fast. So like I play Hearthstone with Mike sometimes, but like games take 20 or 30 minutes and there's a lot of time thinking about your cards or whatever. Like this is very like ADHD in a way. Right. Yeah, it's good. I'm I'm having a blast playing it. Uh, and I, I, I've actually just started to slow down playing it because I want to be excited to play it when it actually launches and not be burnt out on the thing. Um, Trust your guy's going to get wiped anyway. Yeah. Well, that's like, well, I don't care about that. Like, because the game, the game, like all the stuff that's It's more about wiped, the experience. It's like if my Rocket League yeah. player got wiped, I wouldn't give a shit. No, because it's just, it doesn't, there's no progression. 
for anything yeah. relevant in terms of power or anything like that. So, and you know what? Like, play. honestly, McCree, like, I really liked. He had a, he has a thousand. We call it overbucks because if you get duplicates in your box, you get like dust, like you do in Hearthstone. We've been calling it overbucks, and I saved up a thousand to buy a legendary skin for. Uh, McCree, and then I decided I didn't like it, so I'm just using his base skin because it's way cooler. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. like that's the other thing is that like the skins change up the fantasy a little too much of some of these guys, where they just look cool already as their base skins. So, yeah, sweet. That sounds. I'm trying good to, to predict me. who you might like. I feel like you might dig Lucio. He's just really funny. He's- I like the sounds of McCree. McCree, honestly, sounds like John Marston style from Red Dead. Redemption. It, the game is super. Tr- everything's a tr- everything riffs on a trope from like everything. It's hilarious. That's cool. Like I mean, it it does it does appeal uh, for sure. Um, I think you're like funny. Soldier seventy six. He's basically Batman. Multiplayer only games are always a harder sell for me. Um, I just you know I just want that single player experience sometimes with my time. But I, as soon as I start on one of them, I generally will keep. You know, coming well, back. Here's to it. what you can do. This we talked about this earlier. There will be an open beta. Try the game. I'll make it. Yeah, no, I I will I will try. I am committed to like to playing that one of the Blizzard games. The more I think about Heroes from the, uh, Heroes of the Storm, the more I'm just like I just don't have enough interest um, to to play that one. But I, Overwatch is more my jam. So uh, I, we had I we had Al try uh, Heroes of the Storm with us, a friend of ours, Al. Yeah. And he played a few games, but really there's an investment in playing a MOBA. Like you have to want, you have to learn you get your, your ass beat and then you're going to have to learn to get better. And just you, that loop needs to reward you. If you're not interested in that a casual game of heroes is just going to make you feel bad or, or league or Dota. Um, What's so, the matter, noob? Why aren't you healing? Where are the heals? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway, people aren't that toxic in heroes compared to other ones, but still it's, uh, you have to enjoy it. I think some people, the pace is just too slow. Um, and it's, you have to invest in wanting to understand what's going on. And I know you, Crofton, that that's just not a, if you can't immediately shoot something or troll something, you're not interested in playing. It's potentially. <laughs> or true. have sweet graphics and sweet narrative. Like, I know your tastes, but I think Speaking- you, you will like Overwatch. I can't wait for you to play it with me. Speaking of sweet graphics, um, the game I'm playing right now is one that came out last January, uh, like pretty much just a bit over a year ago. But they just put out an expansion for it. It's called Dying Light, and it's a uh, it's a zombie parkour game for uh, survival slash story. Um, and it's funny because it came out and the reviews were decent for it. Some people gave it really high reviews. Some people gave it fairly low. There's a lot. There's some some in the middle, and um, but as time went on, a lot of people said – I'd listen to these podcasts and, and there was a lot of people that would call in during the game of the year things. They'd call in and say, hey, Dying Light, you're forgetting about it because it was all the way back in January. But that game stayed with me or whatever. Yeah. So so there's there's a cult following uh, to it and uh, it, it – honestly – those zombie games – zombie games are something that I have a soft spot for. I don't know why – like I don't know why like – they're so popular maybe like i like watching the walking dead as much as the next guy but like there's never been like you know daisy Bo. we would always i'd always complain to you about it being an early access for fucking ever i, I still, still own that it. i need to play it uh, don't remind yeah, me yeah but but see it's it 
it's like I've read enough stuff that it does it doesn't appeal because what I want is I want that sweet sweet zombie survival plus I want super sweet gameplay and often those two don't don't mash up State of Decay was a series I really liked because it had that survival thing and there was a couple of like special moves you could do it felt kind of satisfying but this trumps it man this is like a triple a and and, uh triple a game in the far cry mode in many many ways so like you have an open world somewhat to explore but it's made by um a different developer techland who made these dead island games that i also own but never played thanks a lot steam um but uh oh really they're the dead island guys but it's really – it's a lot slicker. I, I know there's bugs and stuff, but it feels pretty slick when you're playing it. And the gameplay is really, really fun. And, and most importantly – and this is something that hadn't happened to me in a long time in playing a game. It's scary. It's like scary, okay? Because first off, I played it on – I'm playing it on hard. And when you – I put 20 hours into it so far. When you, when you play on – on hard and games now for me it's a bit of a crapshoot it's either going to be super satisfying or it's going to be too hard this is this is like right on the line between super satisfying and too hard i die a lot and you get penalized for dying like there's like you lose survivor points and stuff and it can it can affect um you're trying to level up your survivor ranks if you keep losing points it can screw you uh so so that because there's consequence for death already, you, there's suspense. But then they have this day-night cycle. And it's not like fast, so you don't have to worry about it too much. It's kind of a good length of time. But like you'll be out in the city and it's dangerous. It's fucking hard. The sun's beating down. It's like it's sort of a Turkish type city. You're you're learning new moves, you're leveling up your guy, you're doing parkour, you're trying you're trying not to get caught by zombies because honestly, the zombies in this game are really tough, um, especially at the beginning, because like you can craft weapons and stuff and do certain certain amounts of damage to them, but uh, but like it takes a lot. But it, once you learn some tricks and some special moves and you use the environment, but it's more like how I'd imagine it would be hard to kill a zombie because zombies are already dead, man. There, it's not like. Like unless you really do some big damage to their head or something, make it pop. Like you're not gonna like kill a zombie easy. So, um, Bo, I think you're on mute. Are they are they aggressive? Am I? No, I'm. I'm Oh no, sorry. Are they aggressive? Super aggressive. Yeah. So like they're the more twenty eight days later style zombies. And and well, well, here's here's the thing: is that there's the different types of zombies. There's the slow meandering ones that are still aggressive. If you're anywhere near them, especially in a tight space, and they're tough, then there's what are known as virals, and they're people who have been recently turned. And not only are they the 28 days later, like, run sprinting right at you once, but they can, like, parkour up things and climb up things, and they're like little spider monkeys, and they're scary as shit because they can take quite a beating and they can do a lot of damage to you and one of the buttons that you have is a look behind button so you'll be running and it's like 
you look behind your guy or whatever, <laughs> and it, it freezes it a bit. It puts it in slow motion a little bit. Okay. But you'll see like these giant monsters like just right behind you jumping at you. You're like, oh fuck, I gotta run. <laughs> you know, like and so it's it's pretty hmm. it's pretty scary. And that that's not even talking about nighttime. So when night falls, there's these super zombies that are released, and you get double XP and double powers for surviving the night. So there's an incentive to be out at night, and there's some missions, both optional and main story ones that involve you having to go out at night. I almost always try to avoid going out at night because these things will ream you. And so the only thing you can really do, like you can see their field of vision a bit if you use certain senses or skills, but like you don't want to like be caught by one of these guys. You'll hear their guttural roar and then they will friggin' charge you and you're pretty much dead unless you run like a motherfucker and then you run and run and you get to a safe safe spot and you'll get bonus points for having eluded them but it is it also the darkness is pretty pitch black and you have a light on your hat that you can turn on and so like you'll be walking around and you'll you'll be like oh my god oh my god please no zombies no zombies <laughs> and then and then you'll turn around and there'll be regular zombies and you don't you've got like a maybe a gun with a bullet but if you shoot them, it's going to for sure draw the super one. So you're, you're like taking your bat. You're trying to beat their head or whatever without making too much noise. And then you're fighting this one zombie and he about he's about to kill you. But instead you kill him and you feel so good. And you're like, oh, thank God. Thank God. And then you hear the guttural yell and you hit the look behind <laughs> button and you see on top of like the building next to you is this crazy zombie. You're like, oh, I got to get out of here. And then then you run like crazy. So it's it's all super – it all comes together super well. There's lots of scavenging and crafting but like done in a, a very sort of fun way. There's tons of side quests. The main story is pretty good too um, if a bit tropey. So all all of that is awesome and on top of that, there's there seems to be – and I turned it off because I didn't want people jumping into my game. But there is like a multiplayer element where where you can – there's a mode called Be the Zombie where supposedly you can go into somebody's game and play as one of these killer zombies and try and track them down and kill them or something. I didn't want anybody doing that in my game, so I, I turned that off. But there's also like co-op where you can play. You can go out and you can do the missions and you can do stuff t- together with a friend. And honestly, it like I don't know what the limitations to it may be. I remember when I played Far Cry 4 with Jeff, some of the limitations were kind of annoying to what you could do co-op cooperatively but it it would be really fun because man it is a dangerous ass game in which you die a lot and you are constantly scared so having somebody else like being being two people uh and and your runners like running missions together and stuff like that i mean would be pretty would be pretty fun i think so that's something that i'll be tempted to maybe get online after after I, I maybe beat the story or or get further along, I know I'll be playing it for a while and I'll talk about it again. So I don't want to blow my load too much on this, but it's point, it's pretty awesome. You sort of pointed this out, I think, at the beginning, but like the game got a free giant update because it's now referred to on Steam as Dying Light: The Following. Oh, it's, the following's the expansion pack. But like, came out. it's um, it seems like it's for not well, it isn't free. I don't think it's free. It's an expansion. Oh, package that if you don't own the game, it just costs the price of the game. Like buying Dying Light, the following enhanced edition includes Dying Light survival bundle, Dying Light, the following Dying Light, the following enhanced edition. Yeah, I bought Dying Light on sale last year at the same time I bought Metal Gear Solid. So the following wasn't out at that time. Um, 
it, the, what the following does is it adds a new area because there's supposedly a second area I haven't even got to yet. Um, I'm still in the first area and I've, I've already spent a lot of time there and enjoyed it. But um, there's a second old town area that has more verticality, higher buildings supposedly. You get a grappling hook and some other things that are going to change up gameplay a bit. But the following is outside of the city and it adds a vehicles like cars and stuff that you can drive around in. Um, part of me thinks that that wouldn't work very well, but all the reviews say that it does. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to take their word for it. I don't know though. Like I'm I'm 20 hours into this game and I'm still not out of the first area, and I have tons of sub quests. I feel by the time I finish it, I'm not necessarily going to want to buy the following. Like it's a lot of content already, yeah. but we'll see. I'm I'm loving it so far. Like I'm really having a good time playing it. So oh, well, I added it to my wish list. Sounds like a sounds like it's up my alley. Actually, I kind of like it. I I think you would. I definitely do think you would like it. You can get good at playing it too, which is fun. Like you can get more skilled. You can find out tricks. The tricks kind of make sense in the world of the game. Like and the the upgrades that you get for your character often give you tangible new skills that will uh, that feel satisfying when you add them to your ever growing bag of tricks. So for me, it's good. I I, I see where the 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 some of the reviews tempered the the positivity with some criticisms. I could see why they did. But for me, like the fact that it's up my alley negates a lot of what they're saying. Um, and, and some of the mission design can be frustrating. I understand what they're saying. Like sometimes you, you end up going they, – they put like the most dangerous zombies in, in a room and you're stuck in this little room with them and it's a game based on parkour and it seems like a poor design choice sometimes. But really – it's hard to lament that when you're just pissing yourself out of fear and then you're like, oh, I got to get out. And then you get out and you're so happy. So like I feel like they knew what they were doing and it's not as poor a design choice as some of these reviews say. So yeah, good game for sure. Uh, I'll, I'll have uh, more thoughts because I'm, I'm sure I'll be playing it. Well, maybe we're now bi-weekly with this show. So maybe I'll be done, but I don't think so. Well, all right. That's the Dying Light Report brought to you by Crofton. Dying Light Sweet. Um, now we're going to do something a little different. You want to queue us up? Oh, yeah. So we uh, we missed a dialogue tree last week. Uh, so we would like to have a little chat on a topic that's been eating us inside. So without further ado, here's the dialogue tree. Now that there's one fine dialogue tree. Yeah, so welcome to the Dialogue Tree, where we take a topic and discuss it. Uh, this week, what we actually want to discuss last week, but you know, didn't have time, is uh, where did the MMO FPS go? Now, many people, I don't think, have played an MMO FPS. I feel like there are a lot of people who might not have. And to be clear... We're not counting what might be like always online instance content that have large amounts of players, Overwatch being an example, um, or like Team Fortress 2, um, or even Battlefront for that matter. doesn't really count as an MMO FPS. The key thing about an MMO is that it's a massively multiplayer online space that people share, that being the qualifier. Now, I think the biggest game that comes to mind would be Planetside and Planetside 2 if you're looking for an example of an MMO FPS, i.e. a world 
in that you inhabit and that you do the mechanics of the game in. Um, I, I think there was one in development called Huxley that never made it out. That was like a Korean thing. There could be some others. Um, certainly, there have been a lot planned in development and in you know uh, not if not like realized. Um, and you know there are a lot of shooter type games like Destiny, for example, that feel like they're heavily online spaces and multiplayer games, Borderlands. The Division as well, it seems like it's not an MMO FPS, although I'm wondering about this Dark Zone in The Division, if it's instance content or massively online. But clearly, there is no MMO FPS right now that I think is tops. And we want to know what happened to it, because as a planet-side player, I always thought this was a fantastic idea. I think I think what it always struggled with was two things. One was was um, computer performance or console performance in the time. You needed a sizable amount of horsepower to run an FPS with so many players. Um, and and uh, aside from that, I think people were used to, especially at the time of the original Planet Side, the feedback of in, of, of victory and defeat, like. You know what you played Overwatch and you're talking earlier about your your animation of when you win um and and uh your move of the match and all that. There's some resolution there. Like it's over and you move on. One of the big criti- criticisms of both planet side 1 and 2 was that the war is never ending. And so like you would take a base and you log, you come back, it's it's lost again and what does it mean? What does it mean long term? There's no like score sheet that that comes up. I know that when we would play these games, we would have our own sort of internal score sheet. Be like, what's your kill death ratio, or or like how does it compare to your best, or how does it compare to your friends? But this is stuff that we made up to give ourselves sort of like that rewarding sensation that people get from games of Call of Duty when they finish and they see their their name at the top of the leaderboard and all this. They won that game, you know. I I, I scored a hat trick in my game of Rocket League. I won the game of Rocket League, but what if that game just never ended? The gameplay is still the same. It's really fun. I kick the ball, I score, but then it just never stops. There's never a whistle or whatever. It's like, yeah, so yeah. as soon as it's like 35 to two and or then I quit, I come back the next day and it's now 117 to 12 or whatever. Like, I don't know. Like that, I could see that being a limitation to the appeal of an MMO FPS. Yeah. Um, I feel it's just it's a question of I always I think what is what are you doing in an FPS like FPSs are noted for being like shooting games like, yeah you shoot a dude in the face yeah, or you swing a sword in the case of like Elder Scrolls um, but like FPS the key one key word being the S which is shooter you know you're developing an online world and yet it has to be first person. And one of the big obstacles, I think, is that like a lot of an element to massively multiplayer online games is an element of um, your doll's house. I'm not sure what the term is, but you've got a character and you dress them up right, in clothes yeah. and and you're expressing your own individuality. You're living an online life. Yeah, in, in that in that person. And FPS kind of undermines that a bit because, you know, we pl- played Planetside a long time. You did have an appearance, but you barely saw it, and it wasn't that distinct. Like, basically, you could be 
a white guy, another white guy, a black guy, a Latino guy, and a, I think an Asian guy. Like there was like five faces to choose from or something like that. And you wore a helmet mostly, but um, if you got command rank five, I think you could take your helmet off. And, and so like the individuality wasn't really there and it's even wasn't even there in its, in its sequel too. Like they, they didn't Planet side two didn't spend much time on what you looked like. Really what you had was what your name is for your online space, which is really different than an actual MMORPG where even if the options are limited, you do have some ways to, you know, express yourself, especially in Korean MMOs where like that new one people are talking about sword and soul and blade or something like that, where like, basically it's like, super misogynistic basically the women are well endowed and like wear bikinis it's like it's it's the current hotness in korean mmos but um it, for fps like you there is a lack of that like why would you develop so many assets for that when you're never going to look at it and people are shooting you so fast that they don't really pay attention to it it's a good point but i i think that um I think that what happens is if you look at an MMO now, like not an MMO FPS, like a, a traditional RPG, it's become more of a niche thing. At one point when I was working at Ubisoft in 2004, it was the hotness in PC. Uh, everybody wanted an MMO. Everybody did. This was before World of Warcraft came out. And then when World of Warcraft came out, it just capitalized that market. But since then, like everything's been going free to play. People think that that's the future, but really – there's a very limited amount of these these traditional MMO um, MMOs in development. In fact, you're seeing instead games that, like Bo mentioned, we're talking MOBAs, um, we're talking um, uh, instanced games, we're talking games like Destiny or 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 um, what is it, the Division that have like you know coll- that collecting element and certain customization element. But um, but at the same point are not zillions of players. I kind yeah. of feel like that that moment is past because there's still Battlefield, which ha- has always had these, you know, twenty on twenty or whatever these huge sized matches. But then the end, there's a winner, there's a loser, whatever. You go up ranks, a la Call of Duty, and this sort of thing. Those still exist. Um, I I don't know what it's going to take. I I think it's going to take more than just sizzling hot graphics, really neat gameplay, uh, really neat shooting mechanics and all that. It's going to need for an MMO FPS to come in and be successful. It's going to need that carrot that keeps people coming back. Because like you did a really good job of explaining Overwatch's carrots earlier, um, and and I can understand why someone would want to play that. Um, and, and and get those like get those loot drops. Oh, you finish a mission, you get a loot. Uh, 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 you might have not have e- not have even finished first, but you leveled up in that match, so you get a loot drop, and then you get some new stuff. Oh, and then the next match you finish first, and they show this cool animation, and then you got to play the game. Like I understand all the little carrots, and they they keep you uh, invested and interested. But for for an MMO FPS, yes, you have these, I call them golden moments where it's something awesome happens that could only happen in a giant war. But at the same point, like that's going to keep some people, but it's going to lose. There's a lot of people that is that need a lot more than that to keep, keep playing a game. And also, while I'm on this tirade about um, MMO FPSs involve collaboration. 
um, at least the ones I've played, they they involve because you're you're an army on an army. It's not just like five five on five. And I'm sure playing games like that requires collaboration as well, like a game of five on five, ten on ten. But when you're these giant armies, like it falls, it can fall apart pretty quickly. Like you have re- these special abilities for commanders to be able to command, but why would I listen to them as a player? And then yeah. I want to do my own thing. And then I'm I'm playing a support class, so maybe I'm supposed to heal a guy. But instead, I see somebody I want to shoot in the head, so I don't heal the people I'm supposed to heal, and they get pissed off. Whereas, whereas a lot of the what you're seeing now are are games that allow you to play solo, and games that allow you to play with your buddies. But they're not so much interested in games in in games that allow you to play with a ton of strangers. We've moved away from that, I think. Yeah, and it's it's hard to find because. I you know there are a lot of third person MMOs that have come out and I think are they have their mediocre fan bases like Defiance was one and Firefall was another one like they, they but they all emphasize that they're shooters but that they're third person the divisions like this too which really takes away from the you know the FPS style gameplay and I think about I think Planetside 2 like having played it now I think I spent 500 hours in it it really feels like half-baked pretty much like they nailed it in certain aspects and then they didn't they missed out on the right like it's almost like they just cut off development at some point and we got the player studio but we didn't get like a refinement on the look and feel of the world certainly the updates were given that the way the plan was going is that it's free to play and that they'd add content it felt like it feels like the world is like not done and so, and then the emphasis also was on the more shootery mechanics rather than the MMO feel. Like, what made the original Planet Side so good was that it felt like a world and it felt like what you did mattered in that world. And um, I think the and, MMO FPS is kind of dead. Well, see, that's it. The only two that we keep harping on are Planet Side and the sequel. We were, I remember you mentioned Huxley earlier. We were. Uh, enthused for for this game because just it was another MMO FPS. We were we were interested in trying something new, but like it, developers must know that it's a high risk, low reward uh, return on investment because you need you need a strong servers and all that to keep everything running smoothly. What if it's a huge hit? You know, you want to avoid lag. It, that's the most important thing in an FPS type game. I personally have a strong interest in playing an MMO FPS. Like if there was um, a Planet Side 3, I would be really excited. Um, I would love to see a game company that actually has uh, a pedigree and a sizable amount of uh, money to spend and, and invest in, in like quality all around, develop an MMO FPS. Say what you want about Blizzard, but if Blizzard said tomorrow I, we're making an MMO FPS, you know that that game would be polished and that would be something that I would be interested, uh, there's, there's, in, interested in there's trying. There's a lot of speculation that Over, Overwatch rose from the ashes of Project Titan, which was a first-person shooter-style MMO. That's and they probably recognized that it was not that was not a viable business model that you know and that Overwatch I guarantee you like if they were between FPS and whatever Overwatch's genre is I'm going to call it a first person MOBA even though that's probably inaccurate um it it's uh they made the right call for me 
it it's there's more of a chance of maintaining polish in in something of that size and gamer i almost i almost wonder like if you said and it, it, maybe it doesn't make a difference but everybody wants the sexy graphics right yeah. Everybody wants the nice, the hotness. They want the same level of graphic craziness that they have in a very structured single player game, except they want it everywhere. But I almost wonder, like, if you said, okay, we're going to make graphics like, uh, I don't know, Xbox 360 level graphics or even older, like kind of shittier graphics, but it's going to be super polished or whatever, and it's going to allow us to make a really expansive game if if there would be any sort of appetite from that like like if the art style was nice or whatever but it just wasn't like in terms of like super high res i can see the grains of sand in my uniform type shit because i feel like planet that's that's partly what led to planet side two's downfall you know the daybreak games then sony uh online entertainment was not the biggest development studio to begin with and and then they were like we're gonna make hotness graphics and and that kind of limited their ability to make much else right yeah uh so i don't know i i don't see any way forward for mmo fps's right now but i know if one came out it would be interesting to me and i would give it a shot i always felt like one of the things missing from the first planet side was a sense of world like if even each faction had a faction leader that periodically sent communiques like in some fashion you know like just to make the the world a bit more lived in but i think that requires development time i don't think they're making the kind of money to do that but that's it's funny because yeah. I, I know what you're saying but at the same time like the first planet side is likely my favorite game of all time mm. and so for me to hear any sort of criticisms leveled at it even though i know that those criticisms are founded i just think back to it and i'm like no it worked fine everything no, was good it, not know, a criticism just you know things that i would have wished for you know like, i know you would have wished for that and i remember you mentioning it but i remember at the time being like no it's got to be player driven like the fact that there was no npcs there was no anything you use consoles like that's why i kept talking about that immersiveness factor that it generated for me at the time because like in other mmo fps's you go to the quest giver he's got yeah. a big exclamation mark under his head he sells you crap or whatever there's always like you're killing all these mobs in planet side one there was no nothing that wasn't human created that could move in the world like that was going around in the world like there were only humans and and you could um if you needed gear or you needed anything you'd go to a console and then you it, you would activate it and then you would get yeah. that stuff and then you would go out and then you would get in your ship and I, there would be a big animation of your dude getting in the ship right to be clear so get, to be clear i don't want quest givers or vendors i just no, but, wanted no i'm i'm, I'm saying to have leader an npc guy or whatever even a staff member be like you know hey it's commander so and so or whatever like on the screen i think titanfall has tr tried to mix that sort of had like the the sort of screen where, where uh, uh, sort of like in the corner of your screen where uh, you would get these sort of scripted things during the multiplayer i'm you know i i've never played it i'm not sure how well that went over but for me um i i really liked I felt Planet Side created this. Uh, the first one created this really huge sense of sco scope and world, uh, while maintaining entirely human play, uh, player base. Unfortunately, that's not sustainable because as soon as your players leave, 
there's nothing for the remaining players to do. Uh, and that's, that's eventually what, the, what you run into. Uh, and, and you need these online only games. And I think even recent triple a games like evolve came out last year. I think it's not doing super great. Rainbow six siege. I'm not sure how well that's going to do, but bottom line is it requires players. If they stop, people stop playing it. Then that game is useless to you. Star Wars battlefront. Same deal. People stop playing that. There's nothing else to do there, right? So, well, that's about exact. Well, there is one thing you can do these missions and that, but like, well, th- that's M- how M- MMOFPSs M- die. But MMOs in general are also kind of suffering because they're big in scope. They require a lot of development. They need people to pay that monthly fee, and less and less people have an appetite to do that for games now. So, um, at one point they were major mad bank, and everybody wanted them, and now they're financial liabilities. Yeah, for the most part, because you could invest a lot of money and the people may not come and then that's it buy money well if you have comments and by you i mean the listeners on mmo fps's have you played one was it planet side how awesome was planet side <laughs> tell us by sending us an email to uh, exmpodcast at gmail.com um or just you know follow us on twitter do that uh okay uh, before I you know before I get to give in all the deets of this show because people they love the deets you couldn't you never know you have a first time listener they want to know where where we exist on the internet sure. I have all that information but before I give it to them I'm going to give them something even more valuable which is my recommendation uh on on where they can spend their cash or vendor trash unfortunately that they're also going to get Bo's recommendation uh, so it's sort of a give or take type situation. And we call this situation inventory management. Inventory management is a challenging and inexact science. Good Lord, that took you a long time to say. <laughs> I, I know. I'd be trying to make my intros as wordy as possible this episode. We don't need them um, to be wordy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny because after that, after that dialogue tree, I just feel like making my recommendation Planet Side One. But God knows if anybody's still playing it. It's, it's an still, awesome it's, game. It's, it's still up. Actually, I'm changing mine because I think the one I put in there I used already. Oh no, I thought yours was neat. I liked how it was vendor trash for once. Yeah, but except I think I vendor trashed it before. Did you? So I'm gonna, and if I didn't, I'm going to save it and reuse it again, even though I, I used it already. I'm pretty sure I. Mu- We've talked about it. That much I do know. So you're changing yours to Planet Side? Yep. Is that what you're saying? Yes. In honor of our Planet Side heavy episode. So to, you're saying Planet Side 1 or Planet Side both of them? One. I recommend people go play one now. Maybe not really? for day. It's free to play, I'm pretty sure. Don't play it, it for weeks, but go in there and give it a shot because it's uh, pretty cool. And just imagine you, more players in it because there's probably barely any players in it. But, You're uh, probably getting graphics of like the first Deuce X, like thief type style graphics. So, you know, like they're crappy, but but like it's got a kind of minimalistic art style. It, and, you know, the shooting, the shooting is a bit wonky, but then you get used to it. Like, I mean, it's totally worth worth it. I don't know how that this generation would the, would. The craziest thing about it actually is Planetside doesn't have aim down sights, right? You just shoot. Yes. It's got a it's right. got a, it's got a reticule that expands yeah. if you move around a lot. 
Overwatch doesn't have aim down sights except the one character sniper. It actually has none of that business. Like modern shooters have uh, aim down sights and like all guns. Planet Side Two even has it. Overwatch notably does not have it except one character on the sniper scope, and it's great without it. It's one of the craziest things. At first, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna like it because there's no aim down sights. But once you get over it, you don't miss it. It's actually pretty yeah. cool. And Planet Side One is the game that I loved, and it didn't have aim down sights in it either compared to two. Um, just interesting, interesting. Yeah, you know? I yeah, it just it's it's. I wonder, I wonder how it holds up. I really have like, you know, uh, what is it? Um, your memories are just like rose colored glasses. Yeah, totally. I I think that like I could still like place scenes of it in my mind, and like I have what happened on screen, but then I have what my imagination is representing. You know, like when we were holding a hacks uh, a, a, a hack base, and like one of us is watching a door, and the other's watching the other, and we're planting boomers and stuff like that, which are uh, remote minds and such. And like you're looking, you're you're looking at your radar, and you're calling out stuff. In my mind, we are like literally there. We are like I've never been more kind of like in a game as much as I am in those moments like I can feel the sweat on my palms feels like I but like really when I look at screenshots for it I'm like man woo. <laughs> I, it was uh, definitely a lot of it was colored by my imagination I, I might but still have of, my old my old videos up on YouTube somewhere yeah gotta check that shit out you should reach we can retweet them through the XM account um my game is actually another tribute, uh, and it's to Lionhead Studios. It's Fable 2, my recommendation, and it would hold up much better, I think, than Planet Side. It's an Xbox 360 game, so it's in HD. Um, it uh, You have a dog in it. It's always good. And uh, it it's just like um, both Fable and Fable 2 had like sort of a whimsical quality. Uh, hard to put your fingers on, and they were they were – they rose in the era of hype where, where um, games were starting to get hyped and their development was started to be followed in great detail by game journalists. And that continues today uh, where we talk about the two week delay of uncharted. It's, it's like in the rear view mirror, nobody cares about that shit, but both fable and fable Two, Peter Molyneux, he of the golden tongue was selling people on all the features these games had. And in the end, they didn't have that many features or a lot of things that he said were not in there. And so people had some some poor reactions at the time. But honestly, the, both Fable 1 and 2 are really fun games. And uh, my guess is Fable 2 would hold up particularly well. And that's why it's going to be my recommendation of the week. R.I.P. Lionhead Studios. Aww. You sure you don't like one better than two? I guess two is pretty good. Two's, two is my, my personal favorite, but I played one twice and I've only played two once. So it could be that uh, that just maybe lack of overexposure or whatever. But no, two was a, there's just, it was a more, it was a larger world, more to explore, more bonus stuff. I liked it. I also liked the gameplay. It actually felt pretty good. Like the, uh, the combat, I remember it felt good. Um, I found my Planet Side videos, incidentally. I'm going to post them to YouTube. Or sweet. I mean, post them to uh, Twitter. <laughs> He's also got sweet music with them. Uh, one of them um, got overdubbed because of co- the copyright thing happened. These were uploaded in like 2007 and like DMCA became a thing in the past 10 years. So if uh, if you want to see Bo's sweet videos, you can either try to find them on YouTube. Good luck. Or you can follow us 
on Twitter at EXM Podcast. Um, you can uh, you can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash exmpodcast. Visit our site, exmpodcast.com, and check out all our wonderful content, which is mostly podcast episodes. But they're awesome. You can subscribe <laughs> on iTunes or on Stitcher. Uh, give us some reviews. We would love your reviews. We would love your feedback on the show. We'd love to hear what you guys want to hear about. Uh, we're, we love talking about games, but we're always open to your sweet, sweet feedback. Finally, uh, well, well, actually, there's, I'm going to plug something right now, oh. which is which is our other podcast, Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Goodbadbull.com. Good, so, yeah, Good, Bad, or Bullshit. We look at a random topic every week, decide if it's good, if it's bad, or it's bullshit. Bo and I are joined by a third gentleman. He's not as good, but whatever. You live with it. Um, and, uh, yeah, my name is Crofton Steers. You can follow me online at Crofton Steers. And, uh, Bo, I'm going to guess that if, if you post some of these videos, you may post them through your personal account. Uh, as well, and what would that personal account be? Uh, at Bo Schwartz, B A U S C H W A R T Z. My name. I got my name. I wish I had at Bo. Actually, now that I'm more of a Twitter user, I realize just having at Bo would have been way better. But I'll take Bo Schwartz. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll take at Crofton Sears. Yeah, and you have it. That's where people can find you. It's true. It's where people find me every day. Nice job. Um, so. Just before we leave, before we leave, everyone, we're going to do our show closer, sometimes known as the Master Game Theater quote of the week. Um, oh, shit, shit, shit. I was watching video. <laughs> <laughs> it's now time for Master Game Theater. What a lack of professionalism. It is a lack of professionalism. of the I'm Master disgusted. Game Theater. Yeah. Um, so this week's quote of the week is from a uh, very famous game that we have not talked about this episode at all. However, it's still a game that will be in our on our radar in the next little while because they are remaking it. It's called Final Fantasy VII. This is a quote from Cloud Strife, which I would note it has not been voice acted previously. So, mm. Bo, would you like to take... A stab at voice acting this quote I in any so. way that you would choose. I don't even know how to do this. I, now that you mentioned it, I realize this line. I see because I want to start pulling quotes from games that are iconic that might not have voice acting. Like Final Fantasy VII is a big one. Yeah. What is his voice? I feel like he sounds kind of girly. That sounds emo. All right. So Cloud Strife, Final Fantasy VII. <clears throat> Was it, I don't even remember where this takes takes place, but it's before you leave Midgar. Okay, Bo, without further ado, three, two, one. Thanks for listening, folks. No one lives in the slum because they want to. It's like this train. It can only go where the tracks take it. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.